Well, good morning and welcome to Battleground Community Church. As, as you see, you probably remember in times in the past, uh, this is sort of familiar, but um, we're recording this uh, early this morning. And so if you hear things outside, it's just a, it's just a traffic. We're here in the lobby this morning as, as the weather has changed our plans. As, as many of you know, we were planning on telling our adoption story of our family and and what we can learn from um, from our experience and connected to our study and revelation and and uh, but this morning we're going to do something a little bit different if if i had um, one place in scripture i could take you to to sort of prepare you for next week um, it is hebrews 11. and so i would ask and invite you if where, where you sit this morning to get your bibles and turn with me to hebrews 11 and verse 29 and I just wanted to read this chapter. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. You, you know this chapter, Hebrews 11. This is the by faith chapter um, where the heroes of the faith are listed and, and we see what they did and accomplished and how God used them. They did it all by faith. And so what I want to do is I want us to look at the last section of Hebrews 11. And oftentimes this gets skipped. And I think it's something that we need to see so that we can understand what does success by faith look like. That's what we're going to look at this morning. What I want you to see this morning is success in the Christian life is obedience by faith plus nothing. And so let's, let's read this together. Hebrews 11, I'm going to begin at verse 29. By faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down, and after they had encircled for seven days. By faith Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient, because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. What more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms and forced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of the fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they may rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Let's pray together. Lord, this is your word, and we as your children are on this list of those who have lived and are living by faith. And so, Lord, as we are at home today because of the weather, Lord, we turned our mind toward you, toward the worship of you through your word. And so, Lord, teach us how we might live and live by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. So just a couple of questions I want us to think about. We're just going to look at this for a few minutes this morning. 
what does success by faith look like? Um, you could ask it this way. What does it look like to, ha to have or to live a successful Christian life? Um, next week, you're going to hear about our family's adoption story. And after our children were ours, after we had adopted them, they become what we call in the adoption world stuck. That means that they were in a country, and we were in our country, and we couldn't get them home. Um, and so this issue of faith came up, uh, and will come up. But here's what happens. As we went through that season of life, and, and still in that to some degree, um, by God's grace, we did get them home. But here's what happened. The, the journey didn't really stop when we got them home. The journey really started when we got them home. And so the seasons of life, and that we all go through those seasons, was, was hard. And, and oftentimes we heard this from well-meaning but naive believers who would say, well, um, you knew what you signed up for, or what did you expect? We had to constantly come back to this passage. This passage was a motivational passage for us as a family. Um, what does success in the call of God on your life look like? And if it gets hard or if it goes wrong, does it mean you're a failure? So this idea of success is, is determined oftentimes by the world, but it shouldn't be in believers. It is determined by the word of God. So my hope this morning is just a, a basic hope that we can begin to understand some basic but life-changing truths about living by faith. And so three principles, quickly, just to think about. One, everything a believer does in the Christian life, they do by faith. Now, think about this with me. The gospel is proclaimed to you, and the Holy Spirit begins to work. What you're going to see, and this would be your testimony as it is mine, is that we begin to see that we are a sinner, and that God is holy. We begin to be aware of the realization that what we deserve as a sinful in light of a holy God is judgment and justice and hell and all of these things. And then we realize that Christ is our all-sufficient Savior. And He is holy, but He died for us and lived for us and rose again so that we can be His. And we embrace Him wholeheartedly by faith. And He becomes our Savior and our Lord, our brother and our friend. Here's my point, that everything from that point we do by faith as a Christian. And so what that means is very important. This is step number one for you to understand in, in the Christian life and how to live. Nothing that we do improves or diminishes my completeness in Christ. Nothing I do makes God more approved of me or less approved of me because I am His by faith, and so I live by faith. This frees us up. My efforts and the outcome of my efforts does not one little bit improve God's love for me. God could not love me more than He loves me because He loves me in His Son. This is critical before we look towards something God calls us to, be it adoption or fostering or parenting or ministering or just your everyday working. 
Nothing you do is going to make God love you more or make God love you less. So you are free to obey God no matter what it is and do it by faith. Number two, success in the Christian life is obedience by faith plus nothing. Obedience by faith plus nothing. Hebrews 11, this is Hebrews, all of Hebrews' point. Christ is better. Christ is better than anything the world can offer you and anything the world can take away from you. So what do we have to lose or to gain because we have already received Christ and Christ is better? Number three, God makes our journey and ordains their ends and our journeys seldom look alike. God makes our journey. He creates our journeys. And He ordains their means of everything in the middle and their ends. And that my journey and your journey doesn't look alike. We're all living by faith. But we're not seeing the same things sometimes when we're looking at each other's life. There's, Hebrews 11 gives us two basic categories. That is... One category is a life of victory as we live by faith. The other category, and probably the more predominant category, is a life of suffering. That is, two categories. We live by faith. Some we see a life of victory. Some we see a life of suffering. And just look with me just for a few minutes at the text. Look at verse 29. I want you to see sometimes when we obey by faith, we experience victory. Look at verse 29 with me. Remember the children of Israel in the Red Sea is what this speaks of. The children of Israel cross the Red Sea. The Egyptians are destroyed. That's, that's a victory, right? Look at verse 30. Remember the children of Israel cross over. The walls of Jericho is there. They marched around the walls and they played in instruments and they hollered. And the Lord knocked the walls down. The town is theirs. Victory. Verse 33, remember this story, Daniel in the lion's den. The Lord closed the mouths of the lions, thwarted the plans of, of, David's, of Daniel's enemies. You remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? We see them in verse 34. Thrown into the fiery furnace, the fire is not allowed by God to bother them. Victory. How does this... How will you experience this if you embrace a journey like our family did to, to make a difference in the life of the fatherless? Uh, you embrace a, a call to fostering. Are you just stepping the front lines of sharing the gospel? You're going to experience victory. I can promise you that. You're going to experience victories. How are you going to experience that? Well, that's going to look like one of two things. Miracles or just providences. Miracles is when God intervenes in the natural order to do something. God created the natural order. He can interrupt it. That's a miracle. You're going to see that. We saw it. People, if you talk to missionaries, see it every day. God does amazing things to accomplish his purposes. But more than that, more often than that, you're just going to see providence. Providence is just the normal things of life that happens that God uses to do what he does. And he uses this to bring victory to his people. And when he does, he's using people, he's using places, he's using things, he's using resources. All of that we, we're gonna, we see. So sometimes when we obey by faith, we experience victory. But here's the second point. 
Not always. This is the truth of Scripture. It's the truth of this text this morning. Look with me at verse 35. It says, women received back their dead by resurrection, period. Not, not, the, not the least break in this. It says some were tortured. So women received back their dead. Some were tortured. By faith, this is, this is the point of the, the whole Hebrews 11, by faith some were tortured. You said they're going, hold on. That doesn't sound much like victory to me. That's not what I signed up for. Yes, it is. Look at verse 37. Some were sawn in two. Tradition says this was Isaiah, who was placed in a hollow log by King Manasseh and sawn in two. So here's the question, because listen, here's the truth. All of us have been affected by the prosperity gospel, even if it's just a little bit. And so let's think about this. Let's ask ourselves a question. Okay, Isaiah, let's say this is talking about Isaiah, and he was sown in two. If he would have had more faith, would he not have been sown in two? Was the reason that he was sown in, in, sown in two because of his lack of faith? Can I ask you this? Was, was Isaiah's ministry overall a failure because he was killed in this way? It's an important question. These people who experienced suffering experienced it by faith. Notice the contrast. If you look at verse 34, the end of verse 34, it says some escaped by the sword. Do you see that? Now look down at verse 37, the end of verse 37. It says some were killed by the sword. So do you see it? By faith, some escaped the sword. By faith, some were killed by the sword. What makes the difference? Their faith? No. God does. God chooses the journey. They did not choose it. They are simply obeying by faith. With the same faith that knocked the walls of Jericho down, Isaiah obeyed by faith and it cost him his life. God designed the journey. So if we decided to adopt, if this was our story and it almost was save God's grace and his mercy, if we would have decided to adopt and we would have never got our children home, would our journey and mission in life been a failure? Would that not have been success? Would our faith have been too weak? If today you raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and you desire for them to follow Christ and you do everything you can, yes, imperfectly, we're all just imperfect people. But we seek to do that. And one day they walk up to your face and they spit in your face and walk away. Will you be a failure as a parent? No, brothers and sisters. We do what we do and we do it by faith. God designs the journey. God designs the outcome, not us. We trust him. We do what he says. That's the message today. It is a simple one, but it is a life-changing one. So what today? God makes our journey. Will you trust him? God makes your journey. If you remember verse 35, you got these two contrasts, these two stark contrasts. It says, women received back their dead, period. Some were tortured. If you remember, the one, the resurrection of, that, of the dead there happened in the Old Testament. A single mom lost her son. The prophet came and raises him up. Man, yeah, give me that story, right? But notice, it says some were tortured. Notice why 
important, especially if you remember we've been studying in Revelation about people who have a tendency to compromise in the church. There was an opportunity of this second group of people to escape, and they didn't take it. It says, some were tortured, refusing to accept release so they might rise again to a better life. Maybe we don't really know the situation here, but maybe they simply refused to compromise. Maybe all they had to do was be quiet. But they were called to speak by faith or to act in faith or to obey by faith. They did, and it cost them their life. They said it was worth it. Why? So they might rise again to a better life. Do you see the point? Christ is better. So they are free to trust him because Christ has promised them the resurrection of the dead. So what have they to worry about? Remember the guys in Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what they said to the king? Whether the Lord saves us or not, we will not bow down. We will obey by faith, and we will take the cost, whatever that cost is. You see, God promises our reward, but listen, brothers and sisters, it's not now. It's not now. When you hear somebody stand up or sit before a TV screen like you're seeing me maybe on today and promises you that this is your best life now, that God gives you all this promise of wealth and prosperity now, there's nothing scripturally about what they're saying. They're just trying to tell you what you want to hear. God promises that our reward is later, but it's not now. Look at verse 39. It says, And all these, though commended, through their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us. Notice we're all a part of this now. That apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Simple this, simple this morning. Heaven is coming, but now the Lord has called us to war. He's called us to war. He's called us to labor together for the cause of Christ. Will you by faith embrace a life where dying is gain. That's what we're going to talk about next week. And so today, can you say with Paul and with me what Galatians 2.20 says? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. What might it look like, brothers and sisters, if we all lived this life like dying is gain? Let's pray together. So, Lord, now we have heard your word. And, Lord, I believe there are many that are listening to me today that the Lord has already told them something very specific to do. And they know that it's going to cost them something. Lord, would you give them the faith to count the cost and obey and to trust you with the results. Whether it brings victory or suffering, you are good and you are better than anything the world can give us or take away from us. And so, Lord, may you be worshipped and honored not only in our worship now, but in our lives tomorrow in our lives next week, how we love and how we live. Lord, will you be honored and glorified to that. 
is we live not a version of comfortable Christianity, but authentic Christianity that has a cost and a sacrifice that looks like our Jesus who lived and died and rose again so that we may be the children of God. We ask all these things in our, your son's, our brother and our friend's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.